Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We are broadcasting from Setup Day today of Husker Harvest Days, which officially gets underway tomorrow. Taking a look at what we're seeing in these market trade, a lot of factors that we're going to be talking about because we are really starting to pick up on the momentum of, of harvest when they look at those in the south and as it quickly will creep its way to the north. Having said that, is the Gulf going to be ready to handle that? Are we going to be able to move the grain downstream like many would like to see? On the flip side of the live grain side the livestock side cattle market still having the struggle the fire at the jbs facilities in grand island we know that was a five alarm fire still waiting on further details from jbs and the grand island fire department but how has that influenced what we saw in the trade we're going to talk about all of that today with sam hudson sam is with corn belt marketing and sam i'm sure you guys aren't any closer to uh harvest except for maybe silage like we are here but folks are getting anxious well, they are, and it depends on where you ask. I actually, uh, we're seeing quite a lot of activity here today. We're getting some new corn into the elevator today. Uh, corn tests anywhere from, oh, uh, probably oh, mid-20s all the way up to 30%. So still on the wet side, but we've still got some cash inversions here uh, that make it, uh, you know, worth it to go out there and get it, pay for the drying, and, and get things in. So I think you're going to see some sort of stability uh, from the markets because of that. We got USDA information Friday that wasn't earth-shattering. Um, definitely nobody going to run out in the short term, but we need to make sure our goal's ready here in, you know, 10 days to 14 days um, as things really get picked up here. Well, you talk about that, and what are you hearing when it comes to the movement? And I know that the, the whole Gulf and Hurricane Ida has caused a, kind of a wrench of concerns for those. Yeah, well, and, and there's another storm there down in the Gulf now. Nicholas uh, doesn't look like it's going to be nearly as devastating in terms of wind damage or anything like that, but the flooding could become a problem. So definitely watching that from the Galveston area, but it uh, looks like that storm is going to track all the way across the western uh, you know, end of the Gulf of Mexico and could potentially get into some of those same areas. So uh, we'll keep an eye on rainfall potential, uh, you know, if it's going to limit any of those efforts. But that's, last week was more about getting a lot of those channels clear, uh, getting sunken barges out of the way. Obviously, they had gotten the power lines out of the water. Uh, and at this point, it's more about uh, just fixing uh, a lot of these terminals of any damage before things can really get going. Cargill is going to be a long time, um, but we had already seen three or four uh, you know, companies last week that were already loaded by the end of the week and getting some sort of activity under their belt. And keep in mind that the West Coast is also going to see a bit of an adjustment from this as well. Have you heard any early numbers, South America, what they're doing and how, how their crop has been coming along? You know, it's still dry down there, uh, and that's something that plays into the current narrative. You know, with our reduced export capacity, there is a risk that we are going to lose some exports. Um, you know, how much is still pretty well uncertain, but there's not a lot of outlets to, to find that supply anyways. Uh, prices in South America are still uh, pretty well underpinned, and when you look at the fact that they haven't seen any meaningful rainfall for a long time, they're going into their growing season all over again, this could encourage farmers to continue to hold crop until they see that change. Um, and obviously, from a currency standpoint and government standpoint, we always have those things around the edges to help support that as well so i think as we go into winter here the end of the fourth you know end of the year uh end of the third uh and into the fourth quarter i think we're still going to see a lot of uh, strong demand for, for these point of soybean markets but it just depends on how long we delay it and if that eventually ends up getting you know shuttled into south america's export season if they have a good go of it so what are you hearing about basis level since we're talking currency what about basis here in the states still pretty good you know this pipeline is as you know, thin as it's ever been, so we've got to work on filling that. A lot of processors are still paying a premium to get corn in uh, to keep things going, and obviously on the feed end of things, uh, things well supported. So, uh, in, in a lot of these cash markets, uh, you know, around here, for example, you've got anywhere between a 50 and 70 cent, uh, you know, quick ship premium here. Seeing some of that going on in Nebraska too, um, but it's just, uh, you know, obviously got to be 
kind of picky and choosy about what you go after at this point in the year. Um, but in two weeks, uh, it's going to be pretty hot and heavy, I think, and some of those inversions will have disappeared. Do you expect any surprises in this afternoon's crop progress report? Not really. I think it's getting a little too late uh, in the season for that to even matter. I think we just got an updated yield figure, and I think what the trade will be you know, interested in is how those change uh, from here forward, specifically with soybeans. Uh, you know, we had a 3.5% stocks of usage ahead of this report. We got it back over 4% now. Um, via some, you know, just slight adjustments, but what our export capacity looks like and the trend of that yield, I think, is going to be important. If the trade gets the notion that we could go up again from 50.6, every time you add a bushel, you got another, you know, 75 or 80 million out there hanging around, and that grows the carry out pretty quick. So I think there's reason for optimism, but I think there's enough for both ends of the spectrum, both ends of the party, the bulls and the bears both, that the, the cash markets will probably do most of the heavy lifting here over the next few weeks. And then as we get into October, we could see that change. Weekly export inspections, though, especially for the soybeans, definitely on the weaker side. Yeah, they were, and, and, you know, obviously some bad press about that, but at the end of the day, what, what could we have expected? Um, you know, when you, when you go through a situation like that, you have to know that the, the data for the first week or two is going to be pretty appalling, and I think that's pretty much what we got. Um, but at this point, once again, you know, what are these crushers going to step up and do? Uh, we're seeing this market, uh, you know, get the opportunity to adjust before it gets to the Gulf, and I think that's been a big benefit. Had this happened three or four weeks later, I think that would have been a disaster. Do you have any concerns, though, as, as we... As we continue to move forward on this? Well, the demand side of it, I, I, absolutely. I mean, and like I said, I think you're going to learn a lot more in the next two weeks. But, uh, you know, come first week, second week of October, if we're back to our more traditional levels of how much we're shipping, I think the market's going to offer a lot more confidence. And on top of that, where are we going to be in harvest at that point? When you look at our forecast here, uh, generally hot and dry, I see really nothing to impede those efforts and once farmers get crop away that they can't store uh, or don't want to handle or what have you i think they're going to lock it up and throw away the key again i, I think you're going to have uh, you know some trouble finding cash grain as soon as that point is over i think even with high inputs uh, people are going to have enough cash sitting around and it's just not going to be at the forefront of what they're thinking about so i think that's what offers some optimism for cash markets what happens between now and then is anyone's guess in terms of uh, you know what sentiment is going to be on yield and i think the combines are going to have a big a lot to say about that and all the new bins that are going up in the countryside as well absolutely you know we haven't gone away from that um don't know that uh you know from a timeline i know a lot of those crews that are scheduled to put stuff up if they haven't done it yet there's probably a lot of pressure on them but um you know we've certainly seen plenty of that going on and i would expect even more of that going into next year too especially with the economics of things this year all right well stick around folks we do have a lot more coming up the second half of the fontanelle final bell comes up in just a moment you're listening to the rural radio network Back to the fontanelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield as we are broadcasting from the setup of Husker Harvest Days. One quick marketing note um, for the rest uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday you'll get to see this program. If you are coming to Husker Harvest Days, you can join us over in the Fontenelle booth as we'll be doing the show from there. So you won't find us in in our booth here at the uh, studios, but we'll find us over on Fontenelle, over on Seed Row. So jumping back in with Sam Hudson. Sam again is with Corn Belt Marketing. You did some, during the commercial break, pulling up some information on the Gulf and it looks like some of these plants are getting and facilities are getting back on with electricity. That's right. I had three or four uh, tail end of last week, and I know Louis Dreyfus was loading down there. I think they we need heard rumors of them buying some ADM's boats and 
they mentioned this uh, in a couple of other, uh, spots. Is just you know, it's a good to see those guys working together, and I think that's what will help facilitate this whole process. Um, but we're hearing the bungies loading today, cargo West Wego potentially by uh, this afternoon, and even a couple more ADM facilities by the end of the week. So to me, that's definitely the right direction, uh, and they're going to be wanting to get as much work done as they can before this next uh, storm moves in. And like I said, I wouldn't expect damage there, but uh, the question is, is it create any flooding. I think that becomes the next concern. That was a lot worse with Hurricane Katrina uh, compared to Ida, which was more about wind speed. It is crazy. I mean, it's this time of year, and, and, and we know and we have to prepare for it, but whenever it gets close to harvest like this, it makes folks nervous. It does, and you know... In context of this uh, hurricane, too, you know, when we think about it last year, we had a pretty well unimpeded campaign. You know, there were no hurricanes, anything like that. And so this just adds to the nervousness of it. Uh, everyone kind of wanting to get the cobs out. And then we got to do the same thing with our expert uh, chain as well. All right. Let's switch gears and look at the livestock side. We did see a struggle in the trade today. <laughs> Can we kind of blame it on what happened at, at, at JBS Grand Island with the fire? Yeah, I mean, I think you had to expect we were going to open a week because of that. It's just a knee-jerk reaction anymore. Um, fortunately, it doesn't sound like anyone was hurt. And, and, you know, as you and I were talking, it seems like maybe the only victim was was going to be the discrepancy between cash and beef <laughs> prices. Although we've seen a, probably a seasonal top there. We'll see what kind of reaction we get this week out of that. Uh, to me, the knee-jerk reaction coming out of the weekend and the futures side of things seems to me is maybe a little bit overdone to start out with, but we'll see what happens. Probably just as concerning is the, the look on the hog chart. I, you know, pretty disappointing to see the cash market struggling as much as it is now, uh, and futures are reflecting that. We'll see if we can, you know, get some support down, uh, you know, on weakness here. When you look at that December contract, uh, you know, if we can get that market down to, oh, call it 70, 72 and a half or something, uh, some long-term support there, uh, hopefully we can recover and maybe get a bounce back into the mid-70s again and get this behind us. You know, it's not how you want to start a Monday off, Sam, when you're pushing some near-limit downtrade in the hogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're really throwing it around hard this uh, this Monday to start the week. But, you know, again, uh, I think uh, fear, fear is always the first thing to come out of it. Uh, I, I would be interested to see what live cattle want to even do tomorrow. And, you know, look at some longer-term charts, not just uh, from last week to this week, too. Seen a pretty good break already. Are we seeing some strong supplies, though, for these proteins? It, yeah, you know, it's just one of these issues where it seems like it's been a what you see is what you get case here for the last several months. We know that demand was good. We know we were kind of recovering coming out of COVID, but at the same uh, in the same breath, we knew we had the numbers. And so what we were really trying to ask ourselves or, or predict is what's going to, what are things going to look like at the you know turn of the year, January, February, March timeframe? Are we going to be looking at any lockdowns again or are we beyond all of this now? Uh, and is all this going to kind of rectify itself in conjunction with what we already talked about, that discrepancy between you know beef and, and, and cash cattle prices? Uh, I think that's going to continue to be a talking point here for months ahead. And obviously, Washington has got their hand in it now, too. So how come we haven't seen the correlation of of price drop like we have on the grains affecting the way the feeder cattle. I mean, it just seems like grains are lower, feeder cattle are lower. And that's not usually been the normal case. You know, I think they're just they're trading their own thing. Uh, we've got, you know, and, and I mentioned it in the corn, we still got inversions in this market. Until you can get rid of those inversions, you're not going to have the overflow. And, and you know, we're, we're as empty as we have been. Uh, the processor needs it. They're still posting a bit for it. If you're feeding livestock and you don't have it, you got to have it. And so those are the outlets, I think, that, uh, you know, the that our market's going to help buffer this export problem because they're going to take it in. They're going to be able to buy, uh, you know, grain cheaper than they have all year, all summer, uh, meal, all, you know, cheaper than they have all summer. So all these products are going to go out there kind of on discount to these these other end users while the exporters try to figure it all out. And hopefully by the end of the year, we're back to normal again. When you compare that to something like feeder cattle, 
you know, it, it's been similar in the sense that it's had an artificial floor under it. But here again, we're, we're trading what we're fearful about for the next three or four months all in the course of a week here, again, with this fire situation. And after we've already taken a pretty solid amount off the market, uh, don't want to get too pessimistic here. Hopefully these triple digit losses that we've been dealing with already to start this week kind of ends today and starts to taper off and, and get a little bit better for these producers. Yeah, I believe so. And when you get into the low to mid 120s on cattle, I think you've got to get optimistic with what we see now. Demand's still good. Exports are still good. Um, and I think we just need to see some of these front months lead the way. All right, Sam, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? 800-655-3380 or www.cormotmarketing.com. Sam Hudson's been joining us. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. We're kicking off the week with the Monday Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Catch us out here at Husker Harvest Days. Check out the show from the Fontenelle booth. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.